0: Here's what's coming up on today's show. We feel that we're alone, and it makes it really hard to reach out to others. But that's where it's so important to look at your community. And when you've lost that that major person, who else is there? Where else can we find that sense of community? Where else can we find that sense of purpose?
1: This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John Amarino, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host on the East Coast, Mr. Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how how was your July? It
1: was uh, a a busy July and getting a busier August. I I got college visits, I got uh, vacation, soccer practice, all of it, trying to get packed into a really short period of time, but it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. We've had good weather. How about you? Yeah, you know, what was uh, your vacation. It, you, you guys went away for what, two weeks or something?
2: Yeah, a uh, couple weeks. So we had the Caribbean cruise, and then uh, nice. Arizona for Fourth of July, and then I, I you know, I kind of took a step back. It's, it was Haley just graduated preschool, so it was really my last summer to have her around. So I, I took it easy Haley. in July. And uh, hung out with the kids a little bit more, and uh, it's been good. You know, it's uh, we uh, like you. Uh, now we have Jake and Haley in the same school for one year, and Jake's uh, got baseball, and Haley's got uh, gymnastics. So we're always staying busy.
1: Haley Bailey, my little buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's getting big. So, well, folks, we took uh, we took a little bit of a t- some time off. Uh, you know, obviously a bit busy summer, but kind of going back to our last episode with Larry Jacobs in a power, powerful episode about some of the dark sides of retirement uh, that you know we have to face, that, that loss of, of purpose and identity from your career to the loss of, of friends and family. And that really uh, triggered an opportunity to have today's guest on. And we're going to segue from Larry's topic into really the focus of the loss of people in our life. And, um, you know, Tommy, uh, a lot of our listeners uh, may not know that you lost your mom this year. Correct. And, um, you know, that's that's obviously a, a painful, painful loss. Um, I haven't had to experience the loss of my parents, but... Um, you know, that's, uh, that's a difficult event that you, you had to endure this year.
1: Yep. Yeah. Plus we, we've had a couple of our friends who passed away, right? Chase, a good friend of both of ours who we've known since he was almost a teenager, yeah. uh, tragically passed in a car accident. Uh, so let's say it hits everybody at some point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, we just, we had a little Sunday phone call just to catch up cause we hadn't talked in a while. And, you know, during during you know part of that, I've I've lost three of my closest friends, and including my best friend, you know, in the last five years. So, and being a former, you know, retired cop, I've always learned to compartmentalize grief, and it's really not. You know, I, I listen to a daily prayer kind of podcast every day, and they, they had just talked about grief last week. And about how you really need to grieve. It's important right. to grieve. And, and um, you know, five years after, uh, you know, my buddy Jonathan Guzman was, was murdered in the line of duty, I had to testify at his death penalty hearing uh, for a victim impact statement. And, you know, that was the first time I think I realized that when the district attorney just showed the eulogy that I gave for him and said, it's been five years, how do you feel? And I say, I say, I feel like day one. I said, I've, you know, the pain has not gone away. I just learned how to compartmentalize it because you have to. In law enforcement, you see so much, so many horrible things over a 20 year career that you lose your mind. But, um, you know, so I think, I don't think I, I necessarily being very transparent dealt with any of the close people I've lost very well. But, you know, I, I always kind of take a, take the stance of that. I'm blessed still in, you know, the people I still have in my life and whatnot. So,
1: you know, what I'll say in your defense that you and I talk about it, I won't say quite often, but we've shared this conversation between each other on any number of occasions. So I think in a sense that, you know, that might be, if you look at it, one way that you are processing your grieving, you know, going through your grieving process by talking about it, letting letting out how you feel about things and and things of that nature. So, you know, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up too bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I am excited for today's guest, Tommy, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm excited for her this to even, for, for even her to talk about our situations and, and hopefully, you know, ultimately, you know, we want everyone to retire happy, but life's not perfect. You're going to have loss. You're going to have mar- loss in the market. You're going to have, you know, loss, more importantly, in life. Life so, loss. Yeah. So I want to introduce our our guest expert host today. Her name is Audrey White, and she's a co-author of the new book, Grief Coaching, Paving a Path from Pain to Peace, and it's going to be released this fall. She's also the CEO of the Grief Coach Academy, which is the number one coach training program dedicating to training coaches to help people get through grief. And really her expertise in dealing with life setbacks, grief and stress, Audrey has helped countless individuals find hope and healing during times of trauma and loss. And Audrey's passion for healing is is really born from her own journey through grief and loss. And folks, let me tell you, I'm not going to steal the thunder, but this is someone who can definitely speak from experience and the amount of loss she experienced in a very short time. So, um, you know, her journey is one of heartbreak, surrender, but most importantly, it's a journey of perseverance to find the joy of living again. So without further ado, we would like to introduce Miss Audrey White. and today's guest the CEO of Grief Coach Academy Audrey White
0: Hey John and Tom thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast it is such an honor to be here to talk to you about things that touch our lives and grief definitely touches our lives in so many different ways thank you so much for sharing your own personal stories around grief Tom the loss of your mother I doesn't get easy even no matter how old we are I mean it's it's your mom right right yep. and the loss of your friends I mean these are people that you've had in your life for as long as you can remember yeah. and um, yeah it it impacts us and I think for me my journey with coming into grief coaching it wasn't something that I had necessarily planned but it's not necessarily, a surprise to me either. My journey started, I think, back in 2005 when I first lost my father. I was in my mid-thirties. I knew he had a short illness, and I just knew that this was going to be it for him. And I wasn't prepared. You know how do you how do you lose your your parent? He was in the hospital. They weren't necessarily forthright, which is not uncommon, right? Yeah. That we don't have our healthcare people telling us really what's going on. So when it finally came down to it and the doctor told my mother, there's nothing more we can do. Seeing my mother collapse at really understanding the gravity of losing her, her husband after 50 plus years, I knelt down beside her and I said, mom, we got this. Death is just like birth. It's a transition. And as women, we know how to do birth. And that's what we're going to do. And so we went through that whole night of a vigil. So holding space, singing, grieving, crying, talking, laughing, all of it. And it was really important for my mother to have my brother show up. And he was coming from another state. So my brother arrived. The room falls apart again. And I went over to my father. And I placed, and by this time, he, he was completely, I don't know that he was even there. His body was still there, but I held him. I put my hand on his heart, hand on his head and just let him go. And it was the most beautiful experience. And it's one that for me, gave me a sense of why I'm in this family. And because I always felt kind of a little outside, I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel like they're a little outside of their families. Right. And, um, This was this moment of clarity for me that innately I knew how to do this. And I knew how to honor that death process and that transition process. Yeah. So that was my first kind of inkling that I really wanted to work with grief and loss and death and dying. It's something we don't talk about in our society.
1: That's for sure.
2: Now, that was your first taste. But that you know,
1: wasn't the first taste.
0: Unfortunately,
2: <laughs> you know, you I mean, it was a hurricane for you uh, yeah. of loss in in twenty twenty. So can we talk yeah. about not only that not I mean not only the loss you had kind of like with your dad, but I mean just the the onslaught of loss where it just seems yeah. like it just piled on.
0: There was a lot, you know, and in two thousand nineteen I was kind of going through a relationship transition that was really difficult and um, I had felt pretty lost by the end um towards the end of t- 2019 and I met this woman Aurora Winter who was the founder of grief, the Grief Coach Academy and she's it just was this immediate draw to to go through the program myself and it really helped me deal with that loss of identity that I was feeling, the loss of the relationship, kind of moving from letting go into true acceptance and forgiveness and finding peace for myself. And little did I know that, you know, 2020 was going to be what it was. We were all taken aback by COVID and the pandemic and the whole shutdown of our society. And February, end of February... 2020, first off, like we (laughs) had mentioned before about the loss of our dog, I lost my dog and I had only had her for a short time. It was really a surprise, but she was like the most special dog that I had. Like she would, she was so trained on me and losing Marley was just, it ripped my heart out. And then came the onslaught, this consecutive loss. Um, in March I lost a cousin a couple of weeks later it was an uncle then my cousin's wife passed away a few months later another cousin an aunt 13 days later my mother six weeks later her last sister so all total in 2020 that year I lost a total of eight family members Wow yeah and it was it was challenging. So much, and and so many people knew this or know this from going through their own loss during the pandemic. We couldn't come together to grieve. We couldn't come together to celebrate. So how do you do this on your own? And I had a miraculous death, death with my mother. I'm still amazed that we had such a beautiful time with her during her transition. She went into the hospital. I flew into Kansas to be with her. My brother was there and she had lost the ability to swallow. There wasn't anything we could do. She didn't want a feeding tube. She was almost 90, she was ready. But having that conversation with my mother to say, mom, you haven't eaten for a few days. You, you, you don't have any nutrition coming into you. We only have a matter of a f- couple days left and are you ready to die? And her answer was yes, and she was almost enthusiastic about it, and uh, you know. And I was like, "All right, well, then let's do this." And you know, we, the hospital was so gracious; they they let my brother and I both be with her, twenty four seven, for final days. They just kind of shut the door and let us do what whatever we needed, and. We laughed and we cried and we sang. She told me stories I hadn't even heard before. And she kept telling me, you know, this is the way to die. This is the way to do this. Surrounded by the people we love. Yeah. And so many during COVID didn't get that opportunity. So then you have the grief of losing someone multiplied by the grief of not being able to be there during their last moments, not to be able to come together with family and friends to honor that person's life. So COVID really put us in a very different, you know, mindset of how to grieve and how to, to deal with our loss because we're dealing with social isolation. We're dealing with our own loss of support systems during that time. Right, I mean, and for, for, go
1: ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, to pick up on, uh, on what you were just saying, is uh, I have to imagine in, in my mind that the loneliness aspect of that um. m- must have been the worst part. Whether it was you are the person transitioning, right, and you're alone because no one can be with you, and then the loneliness yeah. of the person left behind who, who's forever, you know, gonna say, I wish I could have been there, or I wish there was yes. something else I could have done. And, yeah. you know, to. To have that eat away at you for the next however long you have right uh, that's gotta be
0: tough. yeah it, it really is and you know there's there's ways to get through that and you know that's one of the things that we go through in the grief coach academy in terms of our training is how we help people a lot of people talk about well it, you know grief just takes time well that time can be eight to ten years and that's too long to be really stuck in that that grief cycle. The grief doesn't go away. I think, John, that's what you were saying, yeah, that no, it, doesn't. it doesn't go away. But we do learn how mm. to grow around it and how to carry it and make meaning from it. And I think that's really where the opportunity is, because we're all going to be faced with this.
2: Yeah. And, you, you know, know, I think for me, from the grief and, and Tommy, actually, one of my favorite pictures now so Sean, who is my best friend, we used to camp all the time. And uh, you know, we'd drink whiskey, we'd listen to country music, we'd play cornhole and it'd be him, my father in law, all of us. And Tommy came out uh you know, what last summer, right, Tommy? And uh um, two summers ago. Yeah, two summers, jeez, already. Yep. Two summers name, ago. Right? And he got to you know hang out with us while we were camping for for a couple of days, and and one of the coolest pictures we had is we, we always took a, a great photo that I screenshotted of Sean uh, on a FaceTime with all of us, and uh, and we always put his picture up, and we we always toast. You know, we get we get our whiskey out, and we, we give a toast. So Tommy is able to, to to do that, but I think at least for me, even even if it conjures up a little bit of a. Uh, pit in my stomach just having those memories. That hey, listen, you're at least fortunate enough and blessed to have the memories with that person. That for me has probably been one of the biggest things that has helped me. You know, deal with it. Whether it's been uh, you know Sean, who's the closest person in my life to die, but um, you know even JD or, or Dan, that you know um, we're taking it in different times also.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, having those memories are so important. And sometimes it's a matter of of remembering to remember, because a lot of times we get stuck in those final memories in terms of I couldn't be there. I couldn't, I didn't get a chance to say the things that I wanted. And those thoughts kind of control what we're thinking, right? Instead of Going back to what's good and what's what do I know to be true about this in our relationship is one that it, love doesn't die. That your connection with them lives on in you and through you in having those moments of remembrance. But we do get stuck in grief. And, you know, and, and then, I mean, to go on about a little bit more about my story. So all of that happened in 2020. 2021 really brought about a different kind of loss. The company that I was working for was acquired by a large company. And, you know, with that comes good and bad. It's transition, right? And transition means change, means stress, even when it's good. But we also lost whole departments at at one time. Like you never knew. It's like, oh, I tried to email this person. Apparently they're gone. I wonder when they left. So we'd never had a chance to come together as a company and, and as a, a group to really celebrate what we did together and to say goodbye to the people that were leaving. So it's you just have these this loss of people in departments and people that I've worked with for years. So I'm thinking, okay, 2022, we got this, right? We're going to be okay. And started off 2022 taking a little bit of time for myself. I had experienced a lot of loss. So I just went through this major transition with my career and work. So I took a couple weeks off to kind of just get myself centered, to take care of me. And eight weeks into that leave, uh, my brother was murdered. And it was a murder suicide. He was killed by his wife who then took her life. And it's something you never expect to happen. Like all of a sudden we're thrown into um Chaos. Yes. Pure chaos. And you know, how is it that I'm talking to the detective on the phone and telling having to call my daughter who's across the country in the middle of the night to tell her that her uncle was killed? It's things that you see on TV that happen to other people. Mm-hmm. And we get into this this state sometimes of, well, why me? But the reality is, this why not? This happens all the time. And so how do we deal with that? And how do we make sense of this? On top of this, this was a premeditated murder. So I was thrown into a whole litany of legal issues mm-hmm. that I had to handle along with being kind of the sole blood survivor to handle the estate. And so this has been my life for the past year and a half. And going from figuring out how to grieve my brother and dealing with all the lawsuits, there's it made it it made my grief very complicated. Yeah. Very complicated.
2: And and I wanna kind of take some of your experience because I think really eve just between the three of us, we've seen mm-hmm. the broad, you know, array uh, of loss. I, I, I mean, thank, thankfully, none of us have experienced, in my opinion, the worst of loss, which is a loss of a child. And none of us have, have lost a spouse. But, you know, Tommy and I have some very good friends that are our fellow advisors, and, and they lost their son in a tragic way uh, yeah. almost a year ago. And, um, you know, we mentioned Chase, who was in his early 30s, tragic act, car accident and and a dear friend of ours lost her son. So I want to kind of start really the question that you've brought up on on so much is, you know, the older we get, we're going to see loss. It's mm-hmm. it's inevitable. But how does grief Impact us as we age, and specifically because our listeners are retirees, or or the vast majority of them. How does it really impact us as you know we age in a retirement age?
0: Right. Thank you for that. It's you know, like you said, we are going to experience loss. I was reading the Wild Side of Sorrow by Francis Weller, and there was one phrase that really hit home for me is that everything you love, you will lose at one point or another, in one way or another. And it really determines, begs the question, how do you want to live? And, you know, you can hide from it. It's not going to work. You're still going to lose things. Right. Or we, we dive in deeper and really into that appreciation of the life and the memories that we had. And I think as we get older, as you said, our circle gets smaller and smaller, you know, in retirement, there's the transition from work into now what I do, what do I do with this time? And that can really set off a lot of issues in terms of your identity and self-worth. Who am I now? So it, it really becomes an opportunity to look at things differently. The loss of a child, is something that I can't imagine. I've, I've worked with clients who have lost their 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 children. And I, I'm amazed by the resilience and how they have kind of turned that around. And for some it's taken them a long time and they've lost themselves in the process. And all of a sudden something clicks. Maybe their other children said, I, I, I need you and you're not here and it really brought them back to going okay how do i live again so there's so many different different ways that we lose people and i think with with age it's you're losing a lot i know with my mother when her sister died she told me that's one less person that i have to call that's one less connection in the world so how do we do this how do we make meaning of this how do we accept where we're at how do we move forward and create meaning in our lives? And that's really what my my work is and, and helping train others to to help people as well get through that initial shock of grief, of loss, and then move into creating a life that of acceptance and joy.
1: Yeah. Can I ask a, a, this may sound like a dumb question, uh, but-
0: No, please, or, or, <laughs> not <laughs> at all.
1: Are there different kinds of grief? In other words, is it, it, it is grief I understand that grief is going to be different from person to person just because of who you are. But are there different types of grief maybe based on what you lost or how you lost it? Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, it does. And and please let me let me peel this apart a little bit. Absolutely. I think when you're talking about grieving the loss of of your job, and that transition into, okay, this is who I used to be. That's really about self-worth, right? And your self-identity. So now you you are questioning who I am in the world. Where do I go from here? How do I fill my time? Maybe this was okay for a few months. And now all of a sudden, it's like things hit in a different way. It's when we, you know, first introduce ourselves or we meet someone new. Hey, what is it that you do? And not necessarily who are you? And so it's really a big mind shift. So I think that's one type of loss. When we're losing our spouse or partner, we're talking about all of a sudden this the, the partner that's remaining is losing their social connection. They're losing that status of being married or in partnership, right? So it's the daily life that changes again. So there's a lot of similarities, but there's little subtle differences that I think come out. Um, losing a child this is your hopes and dreams of of what of seeing their life move forward and so much of that is is accepting where it is and and so yes there's differences that i think are subtle but there's so many similarities in terms of how we go through this process everybody's individual like you said so yes there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of differences. I think with people being in isolation, a lot of people shut down. And and I think there's a risk in that because it's really hard to climb out of that hole when we find ourselves isolating. We, I think a lot of us got comfortable with kind of being on our own and comfortable in with the uncomfortableness, I think, COVID really showed us that, that isolation. How do we come back out of that? How do we come back and connect? How do we, is it safe for me to connect? Physically safe, emotionally safe. So I think someone in grief, we can get stuck in our own heads and realize that we're, we feel that we're alone and it makes it really hard to reach out to others. But that's where it's so important to look at your community. And when you've lost that, that major person, who else is there? Where else can we find that sense of community? Where else can we find that sense of purpose? So um, I really encourage a lot of people to look at what they love. Where did they feel the most connected? Maybe it's a spiritual community that you're connected to. Maybe it's a social group that you're connected to. That sense of reaching out. And for people who are listening to this, who know people who are grieving, just be there.
2: Yeah. You don't
0: have to do anything magical. Just simply be there.
2: That last comment, and literally a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to my, my Daily Hope podcast that I listen to every morning. And it's faith-based. And, and mm-hmm. he was talking about, about grieving. And he said, you know, honestly, don't, don't say what can I do for you. Don't put the ball in their court don't yeah. feel like you have to say anything just be there give yeah. them a hug you know what whatever and then tell them listen we're just gonna cook you dinner or we're we're gonna do something or, you know we're gonna it, when sean died we we told tina hey listen there was a laundry list of stuff that needed to get done we're getting our butts out and we're just gonna do it yeah and you yeah. focus on what you have to do, and and even even with that, having lost JD tragically, there's that tale two tales of grief. Like I never got to tell him, hey, I, how much I love him, how important he was, and impactful he was in my life. With Sean, it was a five year battle with cancer, but mm-hmm. with that, so we got to say everything, and we got to experience one of the coolest moments where you know he had this. What he thought was a phenomenal bottle of Irish whiskey that his mom bought him and and just sat on his counter for decades, and it turned out to taste like turpentine in the very end. But he got to share, <laughs> he got to share this special moment with all the people that were closest with him, and and it was literally a, a days before he died on our last camping trip. But mm-hmm. it was really mm-hmm. tough watching him go from 185 pound. You know, guy that ran relay races in the middle of the desert, CrossFit, SWAT sniper, just, you know, former road bulls, that type of guy to just 120-pound guy just mm-hmm. struggling to, to sit up. But we got to say everything that we always wanted to, and that was powerful. So it's kind of like, you know, Tommy, you said those two types of, of different griefs. But... You know, we also had to deal with with his wife and she had, you know, you you mentioned it, right? The loss of the social Mm -hmm. and, you know, a big concern of hers were were like, you know, a lot of you guys were his friends from the force. And, you know, I was our our friendship with the was the byproduct. And she kind of sold herself short that, hey, you weren't the byproduct. You're you're now my sister. And, yeah. you know, it was awkward, but it was still awesome because we got to go on a cruise with her and, and now the, the the guy she's now engaged to and we're happy for her mm-hmm. that she found someone new. And I only say it was awkward because we always I just always wanted Sean to be on that cruise and we never got to experience it. But, you know, she's able to still experience life now and, and her grief still is certainly there. And, and the great thing about the guy she's with is that he allows her to grief and he's more support and he's not trying to replace you know he's never yeah. tried to do that with us it's hey, you know now our relationship is built now through her, so you know that's kind of you know been been a little bit of my take on it and and I think you know the best and the worst things to say is you know don't', don't hey, I know how you feel you don't even if you've <laughs> lost a kid, yeah. even if you lost. A parent, you still don't because you know we're all different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think those those things of what we say and what we don't say or what we shouldn't say—like some of the worst stuff—is just oh, it just takes time. Or, yeah. you know, I know how you feel. No one knows how another person feels. We we can't put ourselves in that. And you know, and this sounds almost unreal that someone would say this, but I've heard people tell me that they've had this said to them when they've lost a child or they're young and they've lost their spouse. So, well, you can get another or you, you have your other children oh, yeah. or, you know, and it's almost unreal that someone would say that, but it, it happens. And I think so much of that is just well-meaning people that don't know what to say. Right. So what you were saying about, hey, I'm here for you. You're not alone re-establishing that connection like you did with Sean's wife right that was like we are now sisters and I mean that showing up to just do the things around the house that the the spouse would do taking them groceries having it you know having groceries delivered having meals delivered because when you're in grief there is there is this grief brain there's just this brain fog that comes over you where one you can't you can't make decisions, you can, you're could. you not thinking clearly, and you just need people to step in and do. So I think it's one of the, the best things that, that people can do for others who are going through grief is just to step in and do without asking questions and just go, hey, I'm gonna cook you dinner. I'm gonna have groceries delivered. I'm gonna take care of your lawn. Hey, I noticed this is broken, I'm gonna go in and fix it. And by the way, I love you, we're here for you. And that relationship is still ongoing and strong.
2: Now, Audrey, let me ask you a a question. And and I'd kind of like to go from, you know, how how do we support each other and then go into how Mm -hmm. we deal, how we, you know, the best way to deal with that loss is if if that's okay with you both. Absolutely. What what do you do, because I've seen this with some people, that with the person that, you know, they don't want to get out of bed. They're, they're yeah. Their life has been turned upside down. They just want to sit in a dark room and sleep it off. They're self-destructing from the outside. You're looking at, you know, they're they're trying to cope, but you want to come over. You want to to get them out of the house. You want to do something. But you, you kind of have that, you know, that little bit of a, the struggle, the walls built up and, and you're trying to tear it down for their own good but they don't want to tear it down they don't want you to cook them there and they don't want you to come over they don't want you to take them out to the beach or or whatever how how do you approach that with someone
0: yeah and that's where you have those really honest conversations and go i see this is going you know this is happening to you you're 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 not getting out and you have a full life and also, I think it's it's not a bad thing to say, the person that you lost, they would love to see you live again. If they were here, would you be doing this? Of course not, but they're still a part of you and they want you to move forward in your life. We're still here. There's something, there's a reason for that. I truly believe there's a reason that we're left and just remembering and and, coaching those people through it a little bit by little bit like hey let's just get you in the shower let's get some food in you and it's and it can be really challenging because a lot of times people want to go into that cocoon and let them know that it's okay but just don't stay there too long
1: and where can we go yeah one of the things that we mentioned before we got on air was the the loneliness factor which both of you have Uh mentioned and i think you're really hitting on that i think more so now Probably in, in my eyes, again, as an unprofessional, you know, I'm not professional at this like you, but that loneliness probably is one of the things that overtake the people the most. You know, I, I don't have my yeah. spouse anymore. Now I'm alone. I don't have my child anymore or my best friend or, or, or what have you. And here, you know, I, I've been left alone, mm-hmm. but nobody really is right so for us i think one of the best things we can do is just reach out to people and remind them that hey you're not alone we're we are here like both of you were just saying it's just it could be difficult like i'll you know i'll give my dad props i i honestly i i thought he was going to take it a lot worse than he did but he's he's out there Uh he's doing the stuff that both him and my mom loved going to casinos and so he's you know Four or five months later, he's still out there. He goes to the casinos that were their favorite, you know, and doing still going to church and and staying socially active and things like that. So I I give him a lot of credit, but I I could see where that would be hard for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes, you know, people want to go back in and do the things that they did together with their spouse or with the person that they've lost because it brings them comfort other people need to create a new routine and what does that look like for the most part I, what i believe i truly believe that we're we're social creatures we need community we thrive on community and we thrive on that connection so getting people connected you know through the grief coach academy through other support groups that are out there to realize that there's a whole community of people that have gone through Maybe not the exact same thing, but very similar things. And that there's places that you can tap into even without leaving your room. Go online, find a support group, connect out. I'm I'm available. <laughs> um, of course. And and one of the things, one of the processes that we take people through during the grief coach training is something called the peace method. And I'd love to talk you through that.
2: Yeah please absolutely so what is it
0: so it's where we really take someone who is having this thought and when we think about what causes us pain there's the situation itself and what happened that's painful the suffering i truly believe comes in from our thoughts it's that recurring thought that we can't get out of our head right so it's i didn't get to say goodbye and just to go through that that thought process. If we take that as an example, I didn't get to say goodbye. So the first part of the peace method, it's an acronym. So P is for present moment. So really talking about where what does this mean? Is this, when you're thinking about the thought, I never got to say goodbye. Is that in the past, is that in the future? Like we know like our past is, it brings up, when we're in the past, we think about, brings about worry, actually regret and remorse. And when we think about things in the future, it's about anxiety and worry. But in the moment, this is our point of power and is where we can act from and have the most impact in our life. And E is about expressing. So we really encourage that full expression of what you're feeling when you think the thought, I didn't get to say goodbye. Okay, so where does it live in your body? Uh, I think a lot of times we get so disconnected from our body. It's about bringing the person back into sensing their body and going, when I think that my heart hurts or my stomach is tight and where does it, where does it live? Where does grief live in your body? Recognizing that, have that person's really tap into feeling where it is. And then how do you treat yourself and others? All right. Well, I, when I think about that, I, I get so mad at myself that I can't, you know, I can't move forward, I can't think of anything else. I'm ignoring others in my life. And through that expression of, of really feeling that emotion and, and expressing it, you get to say what this is costing you. And you really get to hear like, this is costing a lot in my life. I'm not treating myself kindly. I'm not treating others kindly. I'm, I'm disconnecting from everybody. And it gives the person a chance to go, wow, this is really costing me a, a lot. And then the next step is acceptance. So what is it about this thought? Can you Are you willing to accept I didn't get to say goodbye to him? Just willing. It's like having a cloud pass by. You don't make war with it. You just allow it to be. And in that moment of acceptance, there is a shift and there's an openness to look at things differently, which brings us to the, to see, which is consider the contrary. So we asked the person to just change one thing. I didn't get to say goodbye to, well, I did get to say goodbye. And how is that true? Well, I said goodbye in the morning when I left for work. You know, we talked about things over the course of our relationship about what it would be like. When one of us wasn't here, so I did get to, we get, did get to say goodbye in that respect. I called and left a voicemail and said I love you, and so the there were I you know there are times when you can kind of just look at it and go, what's more true, because we get so stuck on that one negative thought that we don't realize that maybe there are other ways that we can think about things that give us a sense of, of greater peace greater acceptance and a greater realization that, oh, this, I did do those things. Maybe it wasn't in that exact moment. But that person did know that I love them, they did hear, I did get to say these things. And then the last part is enthusiasm or excitement or just a further acceptance into what is it that you choose? Do you choose that, that thought that was painful? Or do we get to choose the thought that Feels better that I really did get to say goodbye, and so it can be a really powerful process to go through and really look at what you're thinking and see where you can change that to give you more peace.
2: Yeah, that's I mean that's that's a powerful method, Tommy. What do you
1: think? Uh, I'm yeah, I'm kind of silent because I'm I'm trying to process all that. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, It's a lot, you know, because this isn't something that we think about every day. Right. So and fortunately, most people don't go through loss like that every day. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I hear everything that you're saying. I'm saying, you know, and I can think to my past and say, oh, well, I wish I had done this better or said that better or what have you. But then I have to remember that at least, hey, I said it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, it's, when we're stuck in grief, and we're stuck in those moments, we have a tape that plays in our head. And that's the tape that's creating our sorrow. And if we can take out one thought, just one thought at a time, and really look at it and examine it, and, and we're not really taught how to do this, of how to manage our thoughts and our feelings. And we're learning as we go. And especially with grief, that those feelings can be so overwhelming that let's just distill it down, take one brick out of that that wall at a time, just let a little bit of light in. And people feel lighter and heavy, you know, they've released that heaviness that that's in their body. And what I found is that this really helps people over time. It's not just a, oh, we did this and and now they're they feel a little lighter, more capable of getting out, more capable of doing the things that they normally do and love. And then there'll be something else that comes up. And now we have a process that we can work through with people to go, okay, here's something else that we can work on. Because something else is always gonna come up. But it's those thoughts that are recurring. And we really can take that opportunity to examine our thoughts and go, do I have to believe this? Is this really true? A lot of times, it's just our version of the truth. But there's always another version if we look at it and and explore it. We just need a process and time and uh, people who really care and understand to help us through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: A a coach of sorts. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: And, you know, Audrey, we've talked about so much. And I mean, and like, I mean, it's, I think we're saying this every podcast, Tommy, but we're really having impactful conversations. I feel that it's time flies by. So we're getting towards the end here. And I don't, you know, I want, to give one you know huge huge topic to cover and it's you know something that we we had talked about pre is what is you know the, these people have experienced loss no matter what it is
0: mm-hmm.
2: what is the number one secret to finding peace and happiness
0: for me i think grief isn't in, is inevitable suffering is optional and when we can really look at and hold space for someone so that they can dive into it. Let them express their feelings, help them through a process of acceptance and then looking at that they have another choice. I think that is, is just a true gift and with the right tools and support, you can find peace again. You can find a way to live and enjoy life and live life with meaning and purpose fulfillment
1: what would you say are some of the top one two three actions that people
0: can actions themselves? yeah one honor where you're at connect with others be that through your faith group be it through a support group an online community find someone or some place where you have that sense of support and community we're communal people and two allow yourself that expression when you find yourself that and and you're stuck in this find a coach find find someone that you can really talk to that's going to help you through the process and we are here for you at the grief coach academy
2: so in closing what you know obviously we bring people on here to make an impact make a positive impact and obviously you know, this is a situation where an impact can be made, uh, a very big impact. So, Audrey, would you mind telling us some of the free resources that you have to help our listeners?
0: Absolutely. If you go to my website, griefcoachacademy.com, you can sign up for five free videos that will help walk you through a little bit about the grief process and what we teach and touch on and tools that you can start using right away. You can also book a call with me where we can talk about what's going on and see how the grief coach Academy can work for you. And I also hold Wednesday night calls and those are from six to seven every Wednesday night, Pacific time. You can sign up through my website where we can talk about what's going on and I can explain a little bit, and and sometimes I walk people through that um, peace process together.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on, spending a part of your your busy day with us, and, and really helping people. Uh, you know, because we've experienced loss, but our clients have yeah. experienced loss, and you know, we. Tommy and I say this all the time, but it just—it is so important that you know our listeners know, and, and this goes for our listeners, our clients, our subscribers—that we want to help you in any way we can. We want to. That's kind of like our impact. We want to impact, and you know, we we, we encourage you that you know if you're if you've had grief uh, or loss and you've just, you feel like you've never even over the grief or it's, it's a brand new loss, reach out to Audrey. And, uh, you know, again, you can reach her at the Grief Coach Academy. Um, she's also on Instagram and TikTok. For all you, you know, young uh, social media uh, people, it's, you know, at griefcoachacademy.com or at AudreyLauraWhite.com. And we're going to have some show notes and whatnot her email and all this stuff will be in our show notes and on, on our YouTube and podcast notes. So, Audrey, thank you very much for coming on and just having an impactful conversation with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you. And uh, oh, thank I you. Just, I just like to remind everybody that Audrey's book is coming out in the fall. And ah. so we'll have links for that as well to make sure that anybody who, who needs or wants to get it. We recommend it to everybody.
2: Yeah, and Audrey, is that going to be on Amazon, Audible? Where where are they going to be able to find those books? Or on your website? Absolutely.
0: Yes, thank you so much for bringing that up. This has been a a passion project of mine to get this book out. And it's called uh, uh, Grief Coaching, Paving a Path from Pain to Peace. It'll be on Kindle, Amazon, Goodreads. We'll have it out there. Um, It's got a little delayed because of the things that – have gone on in my life, but it's all in perfect timing. So please reach out. You know, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you and your listeners. And that's the other thing, like finding gratitude in life that gets you a lot.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I want to end the show right there, Tommy, because yep. that is, that is a perfect way to end the show because, you know, I certainly am blessed. I know, you know, Tommy, knowing you, uh, for over a decade, you're certainly blessed. And, uh, and, you know, we just want, uh, we want our, our listeners, our clients to, uh, to help realize that, you know, in a lot of ways, even in, in, even though we do suffer through loss, there's a lot of things that we are blessed with and to really focus on that. So folks, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. Again, thank you for our guest, Audrey White. And uh, Tommy, it's time to bid you adieu until the next show, sir.
1: Great uh, catching up with everybody. Audrey, thanks again. Uh, I have no doubt that this is going to be very impactful and something that's very important for our listeners to grab a hold of. So thanks again for, for everything you've done. Thank you so much.
2: So folks, until next time, live a blessed retirement. Take care. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210 or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973 973- 3940623 that's 9733940623 and online at internationalfinancial.com that's internationalfinancial.com and you can of course always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps and we'll see you next time on the retire happy podcast Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot